0: As this coronavirus pandemic has been unfolding, I've been replaying over and over in my mind that scene from the movie Avatar at the end, where Pandora, that's the name of the planet the movie takes place on, marshals all her resources, all the creatures of the planet to come together to fight off the threat that is man. You see, man has landed on the planet Pandora because she is teeming with a precious metal called, wait for it, unobtainium. Yeah, that's right, unobtainium. Means he can't get it, but he's trying to get it. Man is, in fact, doing everything he can to extract that metal from her ground in his endless pursuit of productivity and progress. He's fully willing to destroy Pandora and all the savage and uncivilized occupants who are essentially the protagonist heroes of the story and who know themselves to be part of Pandora. They don't just live on her. They are part of her inseparable, connected. And in this climactic scene at the end, Pandora is bringing it, all the chaos and destruction she can muster against the voracious appetite of man who is mercilessly hurting her out of pure self-interest. Well, I can't help but see the parallel between this moment in Avatar and what we're now going through with this pandemic that is forcing us all to just stop, stop doing Whatever we thought was so damn important to be doing. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y. Reeves. Men, this way. I'm now home quarantined with my lovely lady and bride almost-to-be Sylvie Kukassian. We were to be married next month in our beloved Ireland, nestled amongst vibrant green hills and ancient stones with our immediate families who still haven't met in almost five years together but we had to cancel that plan and stay home instead. And on a deeper level, beneath the very real suffering that's happening now all over the planet that I'd never wish on anyone, and beneath our own sadness at having to cancel this this beautiful occasion together, well, beneath all of it, I can see the perfection in what's unfolding. At the beginning of every year, I give myself a life theme mantra for the year. Now this year, 2020, after a 2019 in which i was just perpetually exhausted because i was saying yes to way too many things my life theme this year has been the year of no because i realized that what would most serve me as a theme this year was saying no to whatever did not feel deeply exciting and or nourishing and of course my ireland wedding felt both nourishing and exciting but as this pandemic grew my thoughts and actions and, trying to force it into being, stopped feeling exciting and nourishing. And what felt more nourishing, even perhaps a little bit exciting, as the signs became clear that this pandemic was getting worse, was to just cancel and regroup for next year. To give our brains and bodies the rest that this time is clearly calling for, no matter what my endlessly anxious and plotting brain might say about such things. And in today's episode, given all that's happening, I decided to revisit a blog that I actually wrote a few years ago that speaks to this deeper perfection of what we're now experiencing, that I believe is essential to humanity's collective evolution. The title of that blog was, You Can't Be King Until You Embrace Feminine Energy. Now this is actually one of the most exciting things for me personally to ever talk about because it speaks to the deeply primal possibility within us all, men and women, of evolving into the mastery of being human by developing and integrating both our internal masculine and internal feminine aspects of being. That's what I love about being a relationship coach in this unprecedented time in human history because more than uh, more men than ever before are being called, even kind of forced, to embrace the feminine aspects of being. Which is not just essential if we are to live masterful lives, but, but more and more we are seeing that the feminine principles of connectedness, relatedness, feeling, and being will be critical to healing our increasingly fractured communities And critical even to stopping our own planet Pandora from sending even more hostile forces our way because we can't feel her clearly telling us that we're hurting her. You can't be king unless you embrace feminine energy. At the end, I'll share my three key takeaways, so definitely stay tuned all the way through to the end of this profound episode of Men This Way. And also, I want to thank everyone who's been writing in recently to tell me to keep going with this podcast. In a recent episode, I'd shared how I had been wavering. It was a lot of effort um, doing these episodes, throwing them over the fence into the world. And, you know, though I've, I've had a few thousand people downloading every episode, it's just hard to know how they're received. So I want you to know... Uh, that the letters that you've sent me, the emails you've sent me, I've gotten some truly inspiring and heartfelt messages from lister, listeners who've shared that this podcast matters, and I want you to know that your, your messages matter to me. Thank you. And if you want to share feedback, if you're listening, uh, or share what this epi- episode inspires in you, you can email me directly at brian at brianreeves.com. It's brian with a Y at brianreeves.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. And also, please, if you have something amazing to say, please leave a review on your podcast app. Your words make a difference to whether uh, more people will, will listen. So, all right, let's dive. No man can truly be king until he is willing to take responsibility, not just for himself, but for the entire world around him. Until then, he might get rich, but all he'll have is money. Last night, and actually when I originally wrote this, this was a few years ago, but last night, I watched the recent remake of King Arthur, the movie King Arthur, with my lady and my stepfather, all cozied up on a couch with two Bernice Mountain Dogs and our little golden yellow jean, fireplace crackling in the background. You probably haven't seen it. I'd actually heard it was not very good, but we wanted to watch something that all three of us could enjoy. Now my stepfather, he's a classic man's man kind of thing. He loves action, particularly battle scenes where lots of men kill each other. Um, I actually really love that too. Uh, Sylvie loves period pieces and and stories with more emotional intrigue. And I also love expansive epics, and this one seemed to have all three and it was fascinating. King Arthur has everything you need to know about the evolution of the masculine from boy to king, why most men get stuck in perpetual adolescence, and how truly powerful we, man or woman, become when we finally learn to embrace feminine energy. King Arthur is the story of a boy who does all he can to avoid his destiny. He has a good heart, defending those close to him with vigor, but the rest of the world? Well, he's far more preoccupied with accumulating wealth and living unnoticed by the bigger powers that would destroy him that are already destroying the rest of the world. In other words, like many men today, including myself in many ways, he stubbornly resists taking any real responsibility for what lives beyond his own self-serving concerns. And there are no wise elder men present to show him how. And then one day, a good wizard shows up to guide him towards his destiny. This wizard is a woman, naturally. And naturally, he resists and mocks her, even after she saves his life. So what does this mysterious feminine muse do to get him to wake up? She sets upon him all kinds of terrible experiences, confrontations with death, which he must survive so he may finally be worthy of his birthright as king. Now, notice in this little commentary, uh, notice that the, the feminine wizard, sh- uh, the wizard shows up as a woman naturally. But that doesn't, this is not a gender thing. This is not about man, woman. This is the feminine showing up. And, you know, you see this, this is what I'm so fascinated about what's happening in this moment with the coronavirus is we, the coronavirus is like, is like in the movie Avatar, like the earth, like the feminine, the divine feminines. Although this is a very real feminine. Uh, being the, the, the earth, Gaia, Mother Earth, f- sending forth, like in the movie Avatar, this, this in, uh, from the realm of the invisible, the mysterious, which is where the mysterious lives and in the invisible. The virus can't see it, don't know where it is, and it's everywhere. And here it comes, like, like a, a terrible confrontation with literal death. And here it is slowing down to a damn near halt our relentless pace towards productivity, economic output. And, and despite the momentum of this way of being carrying over into even this quarantine, as people, like including myself, continue trying to be productive, creating new projects or distracting ourselves with busyness, figuring out how to still make money because that's the masculine reward-oriented system that we're living in. And yet here we are slamming to a virtual halt. And the longer this goes on, the more acute our confrontation with this moment and and with and being, just being versus doing, the more acute our confrontation becomes. Even now, so much that there's, there's even talk in this moment of flipping the economy back on, even if it kills millions more. After all, According to the the masculine mind, it's it's better to do something that gives at least the illusion of being productive because productivity is how we more masculine types tend to determine our self-worth, right? Better that than to do essentially nothing or at least nothing obviously productive and thus be confronted with the feminine nature of simply being as a source of worth. Heaven forbid we allow ourselves a moment of respite to simply be in this moment, to feel all there is to be felt in this moment. What's the point of that, says the ignorant masculine mind that knows nothing of the feminine. And here we are in this confrontation with death. Now back to our story, King Arthur. Not all of him can live is what this female wizard says, the feminine wizard says as we... See our young king to be Arthur desperately fighting off giant rats and monster-fanged snakes. Of course not all of him can live. No man can become the king he was born to be so long as his frightened inner adolescent who refuses to grow up remains in control. Now, again, I frame this as a as a in a kind of heterosexual man-woman dynamic, but please know that this transcends our genitalia, right? This transcends our genitalia. Nonetheless, I'll, I will continue with the way that I'm framing it. Please take what resonates, discard the rest, but, but see beneath if as you can. If that doesn't quite connect with you, please see beneath to the, to the primal dance that I'm referring to. As I said, no man, no masculine can become the king he was born to be so long as his frightened inner adolescent who refuses to grow up remains in control. And this is why, in heterosexual context, women, or that feminine part of a woman, or even a man for that matter, will test the men they love over and over and over. Not necessarily consciously, very rarely skillfully right? Just again, as coronavirus, like here's Mother Earth serving up an invisible dragon that we didn't know existed, we don't want to face, and would be rid of immediately if we had any choice in the matter. Yet, here it is. And the the feminine's refusal to just be easy for him to deal with is an essential aspect of the pact that the masculine has made with the feminine. After all, And here is the zillion-dollar takeaway, at least in the context of intimate relationship. Listen to this. Pay attention to this. The zillion-dollar takeaway. How can a more feminine-oriented partner ever know if a man is truly oriented towards love if he isn't pushed beyond the limits of his own logic? How can a woman ever know If a man is truly oriented towards love, if he isn't pushed beyond the limits of his own logic, that is the great gift of the feminine that most men, and most women too, fail to grasp. The feminine keeps us oriented towards love. It's our resistance to embracing her influence in our lives that has us orient around shit that we inevitably find doesn't really matter. At least in that it doesn't make us deeply content. Money, orgasm, success, status, self-inflation. And let's jump over to another movie to further illustrate this, Wonder Woman. Now my favorite scene is on the battlefield where the good guys, the so-called good guys, have taken Wonder Woman to accomplish their shared mission of stopping the enemy and saving all humanity. And in a dirty trench, she meets a suffering woman who tells Wonder Woman of her village's impending demise just a hundred yards away across a heavily defended front. Now, the men insist on pulling Wonder Woman away from this, this elderly woman who's suffering because they want to keep Wonder Woman focused on the larger mission as they understand it. The men say, We can't help these people. We must continue on our mission, and you cannot go onto that battlefield. You'll get killed. It's no man's land. They literally say it's no man's land. (laughs) No man can go there. Oh, isn't that the lament of so many men? For many men, intimate relationships are no man's land, You know, a few years back, not long ago, uh, or not long into, I should say, my relationship with Sylvie, I started creating a new program that was designed or going to be designed to help men navigate the challenges of intimate relationship. I was going to call it No Man's Land, but it felt heavy to continue. So I put it aside and I later realized that it felt heavy because I was running into, at that time, my own resistance to relationship, to my own challenges my own confrontations with with, um, my own incapacity to really be deeply intimate with another human. And that is not a wise place from within which to try creating an inspiring relationship course for men. Nonetheless, most men's self-worth is tied to performance. If he does good, he is good. And yet so many of us experience relationships as a world in which we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. No matter what we do, we can't make or keep, anyway, a woman happy, at least not for long. Seems she's inevitably upset about something we did or didn't do. But rather than learn to embrace her capricious ways as an ongoing invitation to every day continue pursuing her heart, which is how our relationship stays dynamic and sexy, we instead take it as an affront to our masculine identity. And this awful misunderstanding is at the core of so much relationship dysfunction and breakdown. And thus, we watch Wonder Woman wave off the men's objections on that battlefield, insisting that this woman and this village right in front of them right now, this is. Wonder Woman's mission. This is their collective mission. And she charges off into no man's land as the men look on in horror, afraid of certain death. And as they watch her successfully begin to make her way through, they're they're soon stirred with courage and hope and finally choose to follow her. Or perhaps it isn't courage and hope, but rather the, the desperation that I see actually far too often in men who are only finally inspired to courageous action finally inspired to go into that no man's land because they're finally genuinely afraid of losing the woman they love. Like losing her becomes a real visceral reality, whether it's about to happen or, or it's already happened. That's when so many men will courageously wander, you know, go into, lean into the challenges that no man's land holds for them. Now, naturally, It turns out that their mission to save humanity is ultimately fulfilled by following her lead. And in real relationships, too many men refuse to follow their women onto that battlefield. We hide in the trenches instead where we think we're safe from death. Though we're actually just dying slowly, unfulfilled as the the war of life grinds on and no connections to the, the other side are ever made. To the mystery, no connections are ever made. Yet every ancient boyhood to manhood ritual involves somehow facing and overcoming the fear of death. I've coached so many men who had everything, wealth, comfort, success, and yet were dead inside because they weren't willing to let it all go to serve something deeper. Love. In other words, they weren't willing, didn't even know how to die for love. And I've been that man. You know, I'm not so naive to think that this, this moment of pandemic is humanity's ultimate initiation into some new way of, 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 of integrated masculine and feminine being. I mean, we've surely got uh, far too far to go for that. But, but it is symbolic all the same. And no doubt many people will be confronted in profoundly transformative ways during this time. I've seen it over and over again, and I've experienced it myself, that men will pursue things that just don't really make us happy, not deeply, but we'll do it over and over and over until we have experienced a profound love with someone who means the world to us, and then we lose it. Then we begin to wake up to the absolutely essential role the feminine plays in our lives. Without her... We're lost, disoriented. And that, I believe, is what we are being confronted with in this pandemic today, that we are in in our in our in, in being prevented from pursuing the outcomes and the things that we think will make us happy, a good economy, a better job, more money or just having maintaining money, all of that. We're being confronted with not being able to uh, just shit, just go outdoors and and have a and, and uh, co- congregate and have drinks and try to have sex with people, whatever, whatever the outcomes we think we need to pursue to be happy. As we're confronted with the refusal to lose, to to distract ourselves with all that, um, I believe the opportunity is here for us to to wake up to the role that the feminine plays in our lives. But, but let me keep going here with, with this story the, of, of the king, uh, the, the boy who cannot be king, the man who cannot be king until he embraces feminine energy to further illustrate what I'm pointing at, to further illustrate how without her, we're lost and we're disoriented. I used to think masculine meant leader, I was in the Air Force, so you know, the, the most manly man in the traditional sense, in the traditional old paradigm f- version of masculinity, you know, that was the he was the leader. But a few years ago, while on my own sacred retreat in the Australian Outback, working with my own coach, who at that time was a woman. My own feminine wizard, if, wizard, if you will, who, who in fact would kind of try to kill me in some ways. Uh, that story for another time. But while I was on that retreat, I had a massive epiphany. And it was this. The feminine uses her connection to the mysterious heart of life to orient her masculine partner towards love. The masculine then uses his particular, particular gifts to figure out how to bring love into actual being. Any other dynamic is a perversion of life. And I'll give you an example of this. When, when Sylvie and I met, I discovered that she had a profound love for Ireland. She had only been there... Uh, once and hadn't really seen much of the country, but she was just enraptured with Ireland. And I'd been there actually a few times, but I'd never really explored the countryside either. And actually, my grandfather was half Irish, so you know I, I have it in my blood. And and I, I there was something special about Ireland. But again, I hadn't really been bitten by that bug. But when Sylvie told me that she was infatuated with Ireland, I thought, well, let's let's take a trip to Ireland. I mean, I could see how she lit up at the idea, the thought. Of traveling to Ireland. What did I do? I booked a five-week journey all over Ireland and it was extraordinary. We actually ended up getting engaged there in Ireland by the Cliffs of Moher. And of course, I fell in love with Ireland and it became my kind of my spiritual home as well. And, you know, this is an example of, of the feminine, that mystery, that thing that, that lights and look, and, and and I'm I'm what I'm I'm sharing how this plays out in a sort of a two-person dynamic, but this also plays out within each of us as well. Right? But in this two-person dynamic, as I could see Sylvie lit up at the idea of Ireland. Just literally I mean, literally, her eyes and her voice and her body just come alive at the thought of being in Ireland. And well, that just as a being receptive to her feminine. Her fe- that feminine uh, mystery, that feminine uh, aliveness. Well, my gifts are logistics. My gifts are I can make this happen, right? I know how to to arrange all the pieces, arrange all the list logistics, do all the things that will actually bring that into being. And I mean, this is essentially the you can kind of like like the yin yang cycle, the you know in the in the yin yang symbol, the the. Uh, even though we, when we see the symbol, it looks static, like it's not moving, but that thing's moving. Those two little squigglies are dancing with each other in a circle, you know, constantly moving with each other and dancing. And so you know, this, the, the feminine, I'll say this again, the feminine uses her connection to the mysterious heart of life to orient her masculine partner towards love. And the masculine then uses his particular gifts to figure out how to bring love into actual being. Any other dynamic is a perversion of life. Now in the movies, the differences between the good king and the bad king or the protagonist and the antagonist, they're always the same. The good king is oriented towards love. He or she uses wit and might to restore the world in love. But a bad king is oriented towards his own greed. He'll destroy the world, even everything he cares about, to pursue power purely for power's sake. In King Arthur, the bad king first kills his own wife and later his own daughter, sacrifices to make himself more powerful so that he can defeat the good king and hang on to power. This is so symbolic. The bad king kills. He kills the feminine all around him. His wife, his daughter sacrifices to make himself more power, more powerful so he can defeat the good king just for the sake of holding on to power. But in the meanwhile, his wife and his daughter are dead. And we see this all over the world today. In political leaders who are clearly more concerned with staying in power than in actually engaging their citizenry, their full, the entire community that they were elected to serve. And they're not engaging the full citizenry, it's a tough word to say, in substantive discussions about how to create a truly just world for all. Thus, our collective disillusionment with the world of politics. Too many of our elected leaders are not oriented around love, genuine service, but instead they're exclusively oriented around keeping power. And every man is routinely faced with the choice to sacrifice love on the altar of his ambitions. Every man is routinely faced with the choice to sacrifice love on the altar of his ambitions. This is one of the kind of magical, fascinating things about the coronavirus pandemic and even about kind of as, as a, a representation of feminine, of feminine rising to throw off the chokehold that the mass, self-serving masculine mind has on life. Because it doesn't matter how much power a man has. It doesn't matter. I mean, we're seeing our senators, presidents, uh um, their wives and their husbands, like everybody is being infected by this virus. Nobody is immune uh, to its effects. I mean, this thing is, and I, I'm, I'm recording this podcast and California has, is, hasn't even begun, where I live, hasn't even begun to hit the, the coming peak. We're still a few weeks away. By the time you listen to this, it may, it may be peaking. It may have even passed So who knows how this actually plays out, but that is the magic. That is the, the, the force and the power of the feminine that she, and I say, she, I don't mean woman. I just mean that feminine that, that Ross, she doesn't give a damn who's in control. She doesn't give a damn what the masculine mind has to say about things. Our president right now says he wants, he sees everything open by Easter, which is two weeks from now. But I'm be willing to bet that that ain't what happened or if it did that the ramifications for that were even more disastrous. Now, on a more mundane note, and back in the realm of intimate relationship, um you know, we were just talking about uh every man is routinely faced with the choice of sacrificing love on the altar of his ambitions and you know big political ambitions but on a more mundane note, um, sometimes a man's ambition is just as simple as wanting to watch the game on TV right and he'll reject his partner's bid for connection just to see the next play. I've done it. I probably did it today on some level, <laughs> like looking over my lady's shoulder while she's hugging me, thinking that I'm present with her. But instead, I'm, I'm just watching a bunch of men on a, on a screen play with a ball. Now, I don't mean to say that a man shouldn't have his space to relax and enjoy watching other men solve made up problems. Of course he should. I'm only pointing out how easily and routinely we all, men and women, dismiss love with the role of an eye. In the movie King Arthur, when King Arthur first defeats a horde of enemies with a magical sword called Excalibur, even the most hardened men at his side are electrified, invigorated, shocked, as they should be. For when masculine and feminine energy partner as one, we can overcome anything, any obstacle. And the magic in his sword represents the enduring mystery of the feminine for how magic works, is by definition mysterious, like the feminine. The first time that happens, Arthur confesses, I wasn't controlling the sword, it was controlling me. This is the magical, mysterious spirit of the feminine orienting the direction of his masculine capacity to cut through the challenges before him. I mean, this is it, right on screen, right before us. I wasn't controlling the sword, it was controlling me. I'll say it one more time. This is the magical, mysterious spirit of the feminine orienting the direction of his masculine capacity to cut through whatever challenge lay before him. Now, after he has fully faced death and is ready to be king, and this happens when he finally takes full responsibility for restoring life to the kingdom, even if it costs his life. This is when he is ready to be king, and this is when he learns to fully wield the power of this magical sword Excalibur. And he becomes unstoppable because he has now fused masculine strength with feminine magic. The masculine oriented by his feminine, the two integrated as one. The bad king, easily routed, vibrant life restored to the castle and all the realm. When men and and women... Start learning to embrace the mysterious feminine in every human heart, the world will be a vastly different place. And movies are stories that, at their best, teach us something profound about how to live and how to love. You know, a movie won't speak to your heart if it doesn't say something meaningful about the masculine turning towards and embracing the feminine. Together, Writing the world back to love. You know, I can't watch movies anymore without seeing some aspect of all this at play. And I see it everywhere, actually, in our politics, how businesses work, uh, in sports and games. You know, in chess, think about it. In chess, the king can only move one space at a time. But the queen, now she's the one you need to look out for. For she goes as far as she wants in any direction she wants. She's imbued with the power of magic. She can do anything on the board. You know, what chess probably gets wrong, in my opinion, is the game should be over when the queen falls, not the king. For when the feminine is lost, the game is pointless. Living is pointless. Or rather, we then point ourselves towards ultimately pointless pursuits. And I see this dynamic everywhere, within every man and every woman I work with, and within every couple, too, regardless of their sexual orientation. And I daily see it in me. If you pay attention, you'll see it everywhere too. All right, let's dive into my three key takeaways. Now, there's a lot I could take from this uh, and make from this, but I've settled on the following three. And by the way, if you have a key takeaway that you think I should have mentioned or covered, please, I would love to hear from you. Write to me at brian at brianreeves.com. Let's make a game out of it. Like what, what did I miss? What did I not highlight? I'd love to hear what you got out of this. But here are my three key takeaways. Number one, masculine ambition is futile and misdirected unless oriented towards the feminine principles of love and connectedness. Say it again, masculine ambition is futile and misdirected unless oriented towards the feminine principles of love and connectedness. Have you ever thought about towards what are you oriented in your life? You've probably experienced being disoriented, but have you ever thought about what it feels like in your body to really be truly oriented or even just to consider what are you oriented towards? Are you dominated by thoughts of survival? Are you oriented towards survival? You know, making enough money, keeping your career, just keeping your career growing, or not losing the lifestyle you've worked so hard to attain, et cetera. You know, of course, you can survive the modern world. Even if you have a lot of money, you still might be focused on survival. You can even keep a relationship surviving, but that's very different from truly thriving in the modern world or in a relationship and there are a lot of men especially who do have tons of money but are clearly still just focused on survival whether through their surviving by their bank through their through their bank accounts you know the self-image survival or through their relationships which continue to exist but are devoid of deep intimacy and genuinely fulfilling connection you know whatever you may think about our president you can certainly see that His his relationship with his wife is not an example of deep intimacy and genuinely fulfilling connection. Any other politicians come to mind? If you want to thrive, you must learn to serve the feminine principles of love and connection. And what does love and connection actually mean in tangible terms? Well, that's for you to discover for yourself. Here's key takeaway number two. The masculine will always resist the way of the feminine and vice versa. Intimate relationships are not the same as friendships, and as such, they do not play by the same rules. You and your partner will in some ways always resist the ways of the other. This is, in a deeply primal sense, why you choose each other. That tension between you is supposed to be there. That's what intimate relationships are a dance of opposites, whether same-sex or heterosexual, doesn't matter. They are a dance of opposites, and that tension, that, op- that oppositional nature is supposed to be there. You know, I'll often tell couples, and I'm working with that, the, the, your, the, the problems you're facing, they're not arising because you're different or, or arising from the differences between you. Your problems are arising because you're constantly trying to make those differences go away, relationship only begins to genuinely thrive when both partners learn to embrace both the masculine and feminine aspects of themselves and of each other. You know, just know this that the primal masculine nature of any person will always resist relationship because the primal masculine nature is 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 uh, the value of freedom. That's what I learned from my teacher, David Data, many, many years ago. That was so, so mind blowing and and enlightening for me. The primal masculine nature or value is freedom. And it will resist relationship because the primary, uh, because relationship is about connection. And that's the primal feminine value. And the primal feminine nature of any person, therefore, will always prioritize relationship connection. And by the way, again, it's not a man-woman thing. I mean, there are there are certainly plenty of men who prioritize connection with women who are prioritizing freedom. Happens all the time. But when we are unaware of this, we will make war. You know, freedom fighting against connection. And everyone loses because whoever's standing for the masculine, they don't feel free. And in their lack of freedom, they pull away in an effort to create more freedom, which further triggers the feminine, whoever's standing, whoever's sort of standing in that feminine pole, they feel less and less connected. And in their feeling less and less connected, they'll often try to grasp harder and to, to create more connection, which causes the more masculine part, person to feel less free and on and on and on this insanity goes. When we understand this tension, we can start to speak in each other's languages Relationship becomes truly divine because now it is an expression of our wholeness. And um, you know, if you're interested in more learning a lot more about this, then please uh, check out my my the two programs: my Conflict to Connection program and my Love, Sex, Relationship Magic program. The Love, Sex, Relationship Magic program is 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 probably it's better for individuals and singles. Uh, individuals whose partners don't want to do this work or just singles that the love sex magic program is great for that and the conflict to connection program is great generally for couples or singles that really want to do really really want to understand and study relationship and and not make the mistakes of the past and really create something beautiful in the future you know i want to do the phd level work uh, as a single or an individual but either of those programs they dive into this masculine feminine Dance of intimacy, um, and it that that those distinctions have changed my life and the way I experience myself, the way I experience the world, and the way I experience my partner and relationship. So those are both on my website. Go check them out. Um, as a Men This Way listener, you always get a uh, you get a, a at least a ten percent discount. But during this pandemic, Sylvie and I are also playing with some some other possibilities. And so anyway, go check them out. Um, But let me, I want to move on to key takeaway number three. Key takeaway number two, just to to, uh, summarize, was the masculine will always resist the way of the feminine and vice versa. Okay. Key takeaway number three, the feminine will always rise up to come kicking our asses until we learn to fully embrace and welcome her into our world. That's just the way of things. I mean, it's in all of our movies. You know, another way of defining or languaging this dynamic is chaos versus order. It's the dance between chaos and order. You know, I I'll often tell men in relationship, especially, and because this is this is and this is me and a lot of women. Again, I I, I please understand this is not a man woman thing, but um, as a man, you know, I identify with this greatly. Um, men are often we're trying to order the world we're trying to put things in order in a, in whatever order we think they need to be in and um you know the feminine her she kind of represents the balancing chaos that keeps things interesting if everything's in perfect order we're bored out of our damn minds There's no fun there's no fun in the world fun is all about there being chaos <laughs> there's no fun in order Right? There's no joy. I mean, where's the joy in that? You can rest when everything's in order. Okay, you can, and that's sort of the ultimate masculine bliss is, oh, I don't have to do anything anymore. Everything's in order. I'm done. Uh, But that's not fun. There's no fun in that. What's the point? Well, again, there you go. What's the point, right? And just as uh, the woman wizard in King Arthur shows up and she unleashes havoc, chaos upon this boy, this adolescent Arthur, who has everything in order, his life is convenient and tidy. He doesn't have to take any responsibility for anything other than just what's right in front of him. Um, And so the feminine, this wizard, she unleashes havoc upon him. And so too, are we now as a collective humanity being subject to a profound and pretty frightening chaos in the form of this invisible virus. But if we collectively respond well, by more deeply orienting ourselves in the service of love, of being. And you can see it in the courageous front lines service of healthcare professionals the world over, putting themselves at risk, and the quarantined neighborhoods singing together on balconies, and countless coaches and therapists and musicians and artists, you know, everyone rushing online, stepping up their, their own efforts to help serve the world's mental and emotional well-being so many people all the connection that's happening in it with a renewed vigor through social media reaching out to old friends i mean i've heard from old friends that i haven't heard from in shit decades that are reaching out to connect you know if we respond well to this moment and i believe we already are then we will take this evolutionary step further towards our collective kinghood But if we merely survive it and quickly return to our masculine dominant ways, again, prioritizing money over people, productivity, and busyness over slowing down being, feeling, and connecting, well, what an opportunity we will have missed to learn to live more fully in our wholeness. But we can be assured it won't be the last opportunity in the form of some surprise big-time ass-kicking that life will throw at us. Thank you so much for listening. Find this episode including any links, resources, books, uh, show notes, of course, including the link to this blog that I went through as well, um, as well as other episodes featuring inspiring insights and conversations with extraordinary uh, and wise guests. Find all that at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast is brian with a y reeves.com slash men this way podcast and right now uh during this pandemic while we're all holed up my 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 wife sylvie Kukassian, and i we are right now uh offering significant discounts on our courses including the boundaries program relationships suck without boundaries um, as well as the Love, Sex, Relationship Magic Program and our Conflict to Connection 90-Day Program, uh, we really want to make these available to everyone who wants to really use this time to go deeper, to expand your own capacity to love, because that's the real gift here. And hopefully through this episode, um, you you hopefully you got that much. Um, if nothing else, you got that that this is a time to expand our capacity for love. And if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so that you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I am your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.